through to Madrid to the Champions League final. Leicester's very own fantastic Mr. Fox. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Slapcast. We're here for episode six, and I'm with the gang. It's Reese, Josh, and Ethan, as always. How we doing, lads? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good to see that the certified intro is still going strong. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't changed one bit since we started. Um, We're too afraid to change it. We are. Josh will come get us. <laughs> um, so we don't really have any news from the footballing world this week because... It's been a pretty quiet week, but we do have some news on our end. Uh, if you haven't seen already, we are now available on Spotify. Woo! Um, we're also available on Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. I don't know if anyone uh, currently that listens to us uses those, but if you do, they're there. Um, and we're also going to start making the shows a little shorter. Um... During the summer, we kind of have a lot to talk about. Well, at the beginning of the summer, we had a lot to talk about. Now we don't. but uh, So we had a lot of content to cover, and now we don't. So the shows are going to get shorter. And during the season, it's obviously just going to be reviews. So yeah, it'll naturally get shorter. So anyway, let's dive into some transfers and get started here. So Felipe Luis moved on a free from Atletico to Flamengo in Brazil. So... Yeah, so, I mean, he had a pretty distinguished career, I think. Not that he's retiring currently, but, I mean, as far as his European career. Uh, I will probably remember him less than fondly for his days in a Chelsea shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's just like he I'm – not, I'm not sad about the move, but it is, it is weird to see. Yeah, because he was kind of one of those stalwarts of the Premier League when we started watching. He was one of those yeah. that was a constant. But, you know. Yeah. He only played a year at Chelsea, though. No, well, I guess that was the year that I watched then because what yeah, year was, was it? that was the year 14-15. That was the first year that I watched, so that's why I feel that way. Makes sense. All right, well, I've just made myself look like a proper mug. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all right. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, Newcastle break the tra- their transfer record for Hoffenheim's Joe Linton. Yeah, uh, so this was a rumor last week, and now it's official. Uh, I don't know enough about Joe Linton, to be honest. I was not even aware that he was at Hoffenheim. But his stats, his stats don't look too good. He's operating at about a goal every a- three games. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> You're good. He came on as a sub a lot because of... Uh- Kramerich is playing so well for Hoffenheim. Mm-hmm. I, t- so that might attribute to like the only scoring about a goal every three games. I don't think it's a bad signing. I I just think that his um the statistics don't I don't for me who hasn't watched him, I all I have to go on is statistics and I don't know if they warrant the price. Mm-hmm. But um I mean it here he can prove me wrong, but I do know that yeah. his style of play lies somewhere between like a, a ball carrying striker and a hold up man, um, because he's six foot one, so he is v- dynamic. He offers like multiple tactical options as far as his positioning is concerned. But I was actually wrong. He was he's operating at less than one goal every four games for Hoffenheim. Made twenty nine appearances in the league, scored seven goals. Uh, he spent. Two seasons on loan at, at uh, Rapid Vienna in Austria, and uh, he averaged exactly a goal every four games with 60 league appearances and 15 goals. So at least he's consistent, I suppose. You know what you're going to get, uh, which is something that sometimes you don't always get with strikers. So, um, In any case, another one of the strangest transfers I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and... Um... Uh, Vincent Janssen has just left Spurs, which I think we saw coming, but he's gone to Mexico, um, Monterrey. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, 
it's it's really the curious case of Vincent Anson because he he always looked all right when he played, but his scoring return was poor, which obviously for a striker is not what you want. So um, on loan at Fenerbahce, I think he had an all right season. Uh, but yeah, it, he until he broke his leg. Well, that doesn't help. Um, but yeah, I mean, he only made three league appearances this season. He didn't have a squad number until January, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's gone to one of the most beautiful stadiums in the world. I don't know if you guys have seen Monterey Stadium, but it is something else. If you haven't, go look it up. Maybe I'll try to clip a picture of it and post. It is uh, it is a beautiful stadium, truly. Uh, is this so, a, like is it the silver one that's kind of wavy? Well, I don't. I'm not sure about the outside, but I know the view from the inside. There's literally just a mountain like right outside the stadium. It's oh, it's oh, yeah. really cool. Um, um, I I think he'll do good in Liga MX because uh, Andre Pierre Jig Jig Gignac, however you say it, yeah, Gignac. Played, yeah, he played really good in um in Liga MX. He kind of has the same kind of hold up striker type of play to him, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he'll probably do pretty well in Liga MX. It's the I striker. Jansen was good, and I thought he was capable, but uh, he's definitely not because y'all brought him in to basically be. Um, a backup to Kane, like specifically to Kane. Yeah. He was supposed to fill the void whenever Kane couldn't. Yeah. And just he's not that player. I think that's been the problem that we've had ever since Kane um, went God mode <laughs> in 2014-15. <laughs> because first it was Clinton and G, and he has fallen off the face of the planet. I'm not – I think he's still at Marseille, but I couldn't tell you honestly. Um, I, th- I thought I he think just signed somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, Dynamo Moscow, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah, I it was. yeah. Yeah. The pictures. He looked really depressed. <laughs> he <laughs> looked the saddest I've ever seen a footballer look about a move. Uh, but after that, it was Jansen, and then it was kind of no one for a while, and then Urense came in, and at first we were expecting him to play the exact role, like you're talking about, the exact role that Kane played, and then after a while, we finally figured out that you can't do that and you have to tactically adapt to who you have. And after that, Yorente started playing well. So yeah. um, this season, I don't know what we're going to do. I guess Troy Parrott is the preferred backup, I suppose. He's young and very inexperienced, so I'm not sure how I feel about that, especially with Harry Kane becoming more and more injury prone as the seasons go on. Well, y'all are also, y'all, y'all are started playing two up front now, right? Ish. Yeah, usually usually it is two up front with a diamond. So I guess Son and Lucas can cover yeah. if he's out. But then past that, I mean, because Son's suspended for the first two games of the season, which is worth noting. Uh, I just remembered that he's going to be suspended for the Man City game, which is great. Ooh, wow. uh, so that'll be an interesting challenge. Hopefully Lucas Moura can return to his form from the end of last season. That'd be much appreciated on his part. So in any case... Um, I said it. Dang it, I said it. They said before you, recording. You had already said it. Had I really? I just didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. like two or three times already. No way. No way. <laughs> Think twice. Keep in count. Oh, I, I honestly, I guess it's just going to be my catchphrase now. It's just going to be a meme. It's just going to happen. Just embrace it. It's happening. Uh, so, I almost said it again there. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel it. <laughs> it was like the tension in the air was palpable. Um, so Aston Villa, they have continued their spending spree and this is a bit of an interesting one because they brought in the Egyptian winger Trezeguet from, uh, Kasim Pasha in Turkey. Now I don't know much about his league play, but I do remember him being a bit of a bright spot in what was a particularly dim Egypt team in the world cup. Uh, he also performed pretty well in, um, in AFCON. He yeah, wasn't in true. AFCON. Yes, he was. He I don't think he has. He wasn't in the squad. Furiously googling yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Furiously I, I googling. Saw Wait, never mind. He scored. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I. I could have sworn he was because I remember him having a good performance. Um, he scored against Zimbabwe. Wait. So yeah, I don't know. Aston Villa are kind of turning into the Walmart brand Fulham, in a way. Yeah, they're the highest spenders right now. I think. Which is they interesting, considering... Did they really? I think so. I saw like a something on Twitter. I did see that they've signed 12 players so far, so I wouldn't be oh, all wow. that surprised. Because all of their signings have been for around like 8 or 9 million, 
And if I mean, I'm gonna, if look, you, it. I'm gonna look it up. Real all quick. right. And if you multiply that out, it is over a hundred. So yeah, I mean, wow. They are gonna have an interesting time, I think. And that is our first game of the season, actually. So I'm gonna be interested to see how they stack up. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Something tells me they won't fall victim to Fulham syndrome somehow. I don't think they will. I don't, yeah, I don't. Because I feel like their their um their like staff and stuff is more. I don't I don't know how to say it. They're like I feel like they're just more stable mm. and accustomed yeah. to it. The, those few seasons in the championship really helped acclimate them. I think Fulham did that, but they came back up and spent what was it two hundred and fifty million or so on players that are not. Even like, I mean, well, they were highly touted, but then they came in and didn't do well. And they also didn't address their problem areas, the defense specifically. I think Aston Villa have done a good job of signing a mix of both um, promising players and like established players, whereas Fulham pretty much just signed all um, like prospects. Unproven players, yeah. Yeah. Let me see what experience. Okay, so. Aston Villa have uh, they are number one spenders so far. Wow. They've spent 157 million. Oh, wow. wow. Here's the funny thing though: number twentieth or the lowest spender so far is Norwich with only 1.4. You know what though? They have done some really good business re-signing players, and they also yeah, have also done getting also getting contracts on players like uh, Max Aaron's. Right. And they've got some great loan signings. I think Patrick Roberts scored a beautiful goal. I don't know if you've seen that. They were playing Luton in preseason, and he scored a gorgeous goal. Um, and they've got Ralph Fairman on loan. That yeah, I forgot good, about that. Good experience signing for them. So, and he's in the fantasy team. Is he? We'll yeah, have to. We should do up. a segment on that next week. Yeah, we should team. definitely. Um, Except Josh. Who? Oh, because Josh is not involved in fantasy. Josh, give us your explanation. Uh, I still really like playing fantasy. Well, fair enough, I suppose. Uh, you're missing out, but you know, more power to you, I suppose. Uh, Trezeguet spent uh, the majority of his time in Europe in Belgium. Well, aside from Turkey. Uh, he had two spells at Anderlecht and one spell at Royal Muscron. So I don't know, I don't know how he's going to stack up in terms of pure experience, but I guess that's one to watch. He is young. He's 24. So yeah, I think this is um, definitely going to be one of the players that's going to be pretty hit or miss. It's just like really betting on his uh, his talent and mm-hmm. um, his recent performances. Yeah, for sure. So, Reese, I know you kind of have a special place in your heart for this next player. Yeah, I I remember buying him in a career mode way back in the day. I think it was like... 2016. It's one of my first career modes. Anyway, Adamola Lookman. Um, he has moved to Leipzig uh, from Everton, and yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's a good player. I thought he was uh, starting to play well at Everton, but I think the move um, was a good idea because he really needs to get some um, first team first team time in. So yeah, definitely because. Um... When we played Everton and they beat us, he came off the bench and assisted right away, so it just shows how much he can do. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. His loan spell, so I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he was on loan to Leipzig for January 2018 to summer, right? To last mm-hmm. summer? And yeah, he was. During that time, he made 11 appearances and scored 5 goals, which is... A That's pretty very good return for a young yeah. player who didn't start all the time. Uh, and he made 36 appearances in his time at Everton, scoring one goal, so not the best there, but I think a lot of his appearances were late substitute appearances. Yeah. So maybe not too much to judge there. I am excited to see more English players going abroad, though. This summer has seen quite a few of those mm-hmm. happening, so that's good, I think, for the outreach of the English game. For sure. And it also will help the English national team set up, if you ask me. Le- Leipzig are assembling a decent team for this next season with they are. a couple of youngsters coming in. So, Yeah, they signed Nkunku previously, which I think is a good signing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we were looking at Lookman not too long ago when he played for Charlton, so I'm sad we missed that one. 
I remember he was he was a very bright prospect at Charlton. So he's kind of versatile. He's one of those players that can play on the wing or as a central striker. I think he's probably best suited on the wing, perhaps. Yeah, I would say so. So either way, I'm not sure how Leipzig will deploy him, but it is worth taking a look at if you're interested in English players who are abroad. Ethan, Palace have spent their first money of the summer. We have, but it's a player who was on loan, so it's not. It doesn't really feel like a new signing. Jordan mm-hmm. Ayew signed on a permanent. And um, I'm looking forward to it. During the interview he had at the beginning, he um, he sounded very hopeful because we put a lot of faith in him that he'll succeed. So I'm really pushing for him to do well this season. Mm-hmm. So I know you said that you wanted this deal to happen because you feel like you need depth. You need that depth at striker. And Definitely. you feel like he can be a suitable option there? Um, I think of it more uh, as a sub because we've been trying to get Benteke back into his 16-17 scoring days. Right. But um, I think he might play as a, like a false nine and support Benteke because we play yeah, like that, that a few times. Option, yeah. But um, I definitely think we do need like a player to come off the bench as a sub because we haven't really had a player like that. Because right. like... We've had Ayu, but he's been playing with Benteke, and so we re- didn't really have anyone on the bench ready to come out and sub for one of them. Right. It's good to keep him around too to to keep the pressure on Benteke, like saying if he doesn't start stepping up his performances, he's going to get replaced. Definitely. Yeah. Always good to have competition in the squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's up, Josh? Nothing. Okay. Uh, well, you're next, so... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I thought you were going to say something else. No. Uh, Arsenal brought in Danny Celibos on loan from Real Madrid, so... <laughs> Mate, your pronunciation is beyond <laughs> shocking. Cebalos. <laughs> Danny Ceballos. Right. Yeah. Or Cebalos, depending on how American you want it to be. Yeah, I'll back you up, Josh. I thought that's what it was at first. <laughs> I'll reset it. Um, yeah, so, Reese, I mean, this is really your transfer to talk about here. Yeah, I I'm very excited about this. Um, I he he's already taken the number eight shirt for this coming season. He's obviously going to be trying to fill the void that Aaron Ramsey's um leaving. Uh, he came on today against Lyon, um, in a sad defeat. But I mean, we've really been testing out the youngsters, so preseason I'm not too worried about. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, you got time. No, don't worry too much about preseason. It was I a think. pretty crazy, it's... pretty crazy game, I will say. It it was um, we scored a goal. It's two one. They rule it offsides. Like a minute later, they score. So that it's two one. So it was two one on both for both teams in about the span of like two minutes. Oh wow! Was that the final score? Yeah, it was. Oh wow! A little so, disappointing, but heartbreaking. When he came, VAR he came in. Yeah, he came on off the bench and he looked pretty good. He re- kind of reminded me of um of Santi, and I got like flashbacks. He's he's mm-hmm. uh, obviously Spanish. Um, right. he's, uh, I don't know. In the midfield, he was just like pulling the strings, looked very silky, I guess. I don't know. It, it, he looks good. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I will say I have been very impressed, um, with the, some research that I did on him while he was still linked to Spurs. He definitely is a player who carries the ball really well in transition through the midfield. Cause I've seen some Spurs fans that are crapping on him. It's like, Oh, well, uh, he only scored five goals playing for a top six team, and uh, Lo Celso scored however many goals. But I think that's not really his role. So if yeah. I were to give a preview for him, I think don't expect too many goals or assists necessarily, but he's definitely going to be one of the guys uh, pulling the strings as far as, like, quote-unquote second assists and um, transitioning the play from defense to attack, which is probably something that Arsenal have been missing. Yeah. So I definitely... Taking my Spurs hat off, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League. Shame it had to be in an Arsenal shirt, but that's how it goes, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, you got anything else on that, Reese? Um, no, not really. So, moving on from one Arsenal signing to another, um, we've just signed William Saliba as well, announced it on the same day. Uh, obviously, going back on loan, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one too. Um, Pretty low fee it's installments, so mm-hmm. one for the future. It's a good budget budget move, I think. Um, I think this season, what are you only paying like, what was it, seven point five million or something around that area? 
Uh, 4.5. Oh, 4.5. Okay, yeah. So, even better. Um, yeah, obviously, this one doesn't have too much effect this season, but it's always good to bring in solid players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he could end up being a center back um, that contributes to the team in a big way for many years to come. I think, so. if yeah, if we get Tierney across the line... Which is which looking we'll likely. It's looking likely yeah. at the moment. Um, I think we have our defense sorted for a couple of years mm-hmm. with... Uh, a back four of like Tierney, uh, Saliba, Holding, and Bellerin. Right. So, yeah. Um, one other thing on the Sabeos thing, I think, uh, sorry to jump back, but I think, I mean, we're still on the topic of Arsenal, so, um, yeah. and we'll talk about them later, but it is some worth noting that he pointed out in a, or he has pointed out that he's looking for a club to sort of use to get himself back into good standing with Real Madrid, which I think is... Good and bad news for Arsenal. I think, obviously, the bad is that he's going to be looking to go back to Real Madrid and stay in the squad next season. But the good is that he's going to really want to display his absolute best at the club this season. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think we mind about him kind of using us for that because we, we kind of need him to use us for that. Right. We just need, we need a player to help us get back to Champions League so that we can start spending some money. Obviously, some stuff to talk about later, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, also he might end up. We might end up uh, buying him back. I know we. There's no actual buy. Uh, what's it called? Buyback buy clause. Yeah, or a, but uh, there is a clause yeah, included whatever. that if they decide to sell, um, they have to talk to us first. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, it's always a good agreement to have. Um, yeah. So moving on to another loan signing from Real Madrid. In fact, is Jesus Vallejo or Vallejo? I guess is the correct pronunciation has gone to wolves and they have been looking for a center back uh particularly i think to play on that right side they kind of were missing that piece obviously they play the sort of fluid back three system so i think this is a good addition very comfortable on the ball uh obviously i mean real madrid player good experience yeah i mean i think this is a good signing for wolves I think uh, I think it's good that real madrid are loaning out some of the players that don't really start because then that means they can come back and have a Good season. If it's happened again, he's vanished. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, I well, guess I'll finish this. Yeah, thing. go ahead. Because he's had 19 appearances in two years for Real Madrid, and right, then, and he had seven last year. So I've never seen him play. So I, I don't really want to comment about how good he is, but yeah, I just hopefully he's good. Actually, I hope he's not good, if I'm being 100% honest. <laughs> Hopefully for Real Madrid's sake, I suppose. Yeah, But not Lester's for your sake. sake. No. But, yeah. I mean, I have nothing against him. I don't think he may be good, but I don't know. I know career mode isn't the best to go off of, but I, I just think it's worth noting. I remember signing him as well back in, um, it was either 16 or 17, uh, before he moved to Madrid. I don't remember when he moved exactly, but. Yeah, I think it's, who was it's he interesting for to before? see them. He uh, was at um, Sociedad, was it? Uh, or that was Zar- oh, Zaragoza. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, for some reason, I had it in my head that he was at Sociedad, but I think that was uh, Adriatola. But yeah, I mean, Wolves, I think it was yeah. Wolves addressing problem areas here. I think obviously they're looking to press on, but we will have to see how they're affected by. European football, of course. Yeah. It's going to be a new added challenge to their uh, mm-hmm. campaign this season. Yeah. And Vallejo, he was never going to play at Real anyway. He's never next on the totem pole to be in that starting 11. Right. So, it's, uh, what's his name? Nacho? Oh, Fernandez, yes. Sometimes deployed at right back, though, is Fernandez. So. Yeah. He can really play anywhere in the back four. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, all right, so now we're going to move on to some transfers to our quote-unquote big segment of the week. So our big Frank segment for the week, since the decade is ending in December, we are all, we all put together a team of the decade, and we're going to go through it and discuss everything. So uh, in goal, I had Manuel Neuer, and what did y'all have? Who did y'all have? I also, I also had Manuel I also Neuer. Had Neuer. Ethan? Had Neuer. 
Or, Excellent. There's, there's not much to discuss there. He yeah. won a World Cup, a Champions League. It's been yeah, I was telling the boys up until recently, like a couple couple seasons, um, I don't remember a time, and even even before I was watching because my brother was involved, I don't remember a time that Neuer hasn't been considered globally best goalkeeper in the world. So yeah, yep. All right, uh, moving on the left back, I had Marcelo. I had Marcelo. Else. Also had Marcelo. Me too. Yeah, he's right. just he's. He's just so he's so technically gifted and yeah. He's just been a really good solid player for Real in Brazil. I know uh, it's just preseason, but he came on against us and he would immediately was directly involved in bringing them back to level with us in yeah. two goals, both the goals. Dang. He's just so uh, good. So he's what has first, he won four Champions Leagues or so? Uh, yes. In this decade at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So uh, first center back, I had Sergio Ramos. I had Sergio also Ramos. Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos. This is turning into the Real Barca 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just because he's won four Champions League, one World Cup, one Euros. He's just been one of the best defenders in the world, even if he's. I, I really hate him sometimes, but he is good at playing dirty. Yeah, he oh, is. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah, it's, is. Uh, second center back. Gerard Piquet. Piquet. Yep. Gerard Piquet. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Euros, Champions League, World Cup. Kind of the same. defense was definitely yeah. the easiest. Yeah. And then for me to pick. Right back. Danny Alves. Danny Alves. The man yeah. who has won 40 trophies. And is still one of the best right backs in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So still playing. During that time, Copa America, uh, just this past year, Champions Leagues, league titles in about six countries. I mean,. All kinds of stuff for Danny Alves. Yeah, and then now we're going to move on to the midfield. There's a little bit more discussion in this one. So, every, we, do we all have Iniesta? Yes. I do. Yes. Impossible to leave out Iniesta. I mean, yeah. just Dominic. Worth right. noting that he just played his first game ever against Barcelona in preseason. That's oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, all right, the next one. Second center mid. I have Tony Cruz. Does anybody else have him? I, I have Tony Cruz. I have got Tony Cruz. Ethan? I, I have Tony Cruz. Yeah, he's just kind of been he, – he's kind of a quiet player, but he, like, pulls the strings in Real's team. So, four Champions League and five. World Cup. He won five. with Bayern, too. Oh, yeah. That's so, kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's won half of the Champions Leagues for the decade. In the time, yeah. Absolutely insane. He's just, he doesn't – he hasn't had the stats because he pulls the strings. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the third midfielders where we have a couple more delineations, more I discussion. think. Yeah. I have Modric. I've got that's Modric. I have, I have Busquets. Yeah. I, I, that's not a bad shout. He's, he's definitely one of the best defensive midfielders. Probably since, uh, oh, geez, I can't think of his name. The, the Chelsea defensive midfielder. Oh, McAuley? Yeah, McAuley. Yeah, I've, yeah. It I've was been, I considered Modric, but they're just they both play different roles. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it is. They're, I mean, if you're if you're talking about at the base of a midfield three, I think you take Busquets over Modric. But for my money, I think Modric maybe the Champions Leagues just give him a little bit more edge. And the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, I forgot he won a Ballon d'Or. Um, yeah, so. During his time in this decade, he played two seasons at Spurs, which were particularly unnoteworthy, other than the fact that they earned him a move to Real Madrid, in which time he won four Champions Leagues and basically single-handedly pulled his country to a World Cup final. And worth pointing out, this is kind of interesting, he currently has exactly 200 league appearances for Real Madrid. Oh, wow. So, points for symmetry for him. (laughs) All right, I wanted next. to uh, have an honorable shout-out to Bastian Schweinsteiger. He just came to my mind when I was thinking about this. I didn't want to put him into the actual team, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I just kind of – I don't know. I, I have good memories with him. So I wanted to yeah, show he's World Cup Champions League. Yeah, he's not a Euro bad League. show. Uh, yeah. I think but, his time at United really kind of hampered his career. I don't know um, about that. He also played like – he's – 
he was in Byron's first team from like 2002 to like 2015. So yeah. he's kind of that. He's probably I've seen him in like 2000s teams of the decade. Yeah, that is very true. He's one of those that could go both ways, kind of like Iker Casillas. I considered him for goalie. Or Buffon. And Buffon could go both ways. Buffon, Xavi. Yeah, Iniesta, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. Moving on. Uh, so, from the left wing. I assume uh, we all have Ronaldo. Cristiano, yeah. 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 Has to be. Hard. He's probably the second or third best player to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And on the right is the best player to ever play the game. <laughs> yeah, you know Messi, easy. And then striker, I had Aguero. I also had Aguero. This was tough for me though. I yeah, I was torn between several. Ethan, I'm curious, who did you have? Uh, Aguero's not a bad shout, but I picked you. I said Suarez with an honorable mention to Ibra. I that's Ibra, exactly what I had as well. Yeah, because Suarez is shown time and time again that he's a great striker and that's why he's in that Barca team and then Ibra he's he's just been he's a good player wherever he goes uh-huh. yeah I don't know the thing with Ibra is, is like yeah he almost had a one to one goal ratio at PSG but he he played in the French League and PSG never made it past the quarters and yeah no I mean yeah he definitely struggled outside of the domestic league and even, Which also you could say for Aguero, but yeah, you I could. Know, I, I don't know. Just I don't know. Ibra, he, I feel like his time at like LA Galaxy, it's kind of like toned his down, toned down because he has about the same goal scoring ratio they did when he was at other top five leagues in Europe. So it's kind of like that. What is what's he doing now? She's been dominating him, not just being what he was in the better leagues. Well, he's also old. Yeah, now. he's old. He's in the MLS, though. <laughs> yeah, but like he's, tra- he's probably that's the trade-off, though. It's like he he's old and he's in MLS, so the records it's like Pem Doss, so the record stays the same. They cancel each other out. Yeah. Worth pointing out. Here's an interesting fact that I did not know about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's the only player to have played a Champions League match with seven different clubs. Wow. So yeah, have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I suppose. Yeah, I could definitely um, see him being in the uh, 2000s team of the oh, for, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but perhaps you're right. This this decade sort of saw him phasing out of his career, I suppose. I didn't realize that he was six foot five. Yeah, he's I knew he was tall, but I didn't know he was that tall. Mm-hmm. So that kind of wraps up the team of the year. Well, uh, since, well, since we picked Aguero and Ethan picked Suarez, why don't we take a second to compare those two? Suarez and uh, Aguero. Aguero. Yeah. I don't know. I have a hard time putting Suarez in just because of the whole he's kind of a dirty player, like the 2010 Ghana game. Oh, that yeah. was this. That was this decade. All the biting incidents were this decade. The biting well. incidents. I don't know that that detracts big. from his actual ability as a footballer, though. I mean, when you have when your Wikipedia page has the second biting incident as a as a thing on it <laughs> yeah okay and the racial like, abuse incident first biting yeah yeah i mean he's i mean it's something you have to look at because you're looking to build the best team and like their character is going to contribute to the team i don't really think so though because it's like it's the team of the decade about players i mean i didn't really bring up well would you sergio ramos i mean oh, yeah but i know are, but like he didn't he didn't play a part in picking. I still picked him because he won all those trophies. No, I know. I'm well, saying to Josh. Aside from even know? being a dirty player, I, would, oh, yeah, I think but, if he had stayed in the prim longer, it would change my mind. Yeah. Also, like, uh, Sergio, Sergio Ramos's fouls, that, like, when they, they are hard and dirty, but they're tactical fouls. They're not biting Chiellini. Because. Yeah, that's fair, I suppose. I don't know. I just. Yeah, I don't know. I just that kept me from kind of including him in my team of the decade. I suppose the thing for me that kind of uh, solidifies it is uh, the two Champions Leagues with Barcelona and the fact that I mean, 131 goals in 163 games for Barcelona. It's a better ratio than uh, Aguero has for City, which arguably, or well. Pretty much decidedly, you could say he has a better team around him, but still. If we're I talking, think he's also in a 
in a league with less competition. That is yeah. also true. Though it is Wait. worth pointing out that He's won two with Barca? I believe so, yeah. 2015. Wait, maybe not. No, because they never won another one after the treble. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Okay, one one Champions League. Uh, Worth again pointing out, though. Oh, he signed for Barcelona on my birthday. How's that? Um, Happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting one. I don't know, just the whole the character questions kind of, yeah. I don't know, it's just, that's what makes me hesitate to put him in mine. Fair enough. For me, when I when I looked at Aguero's uh, record in the Prim, I mean, Suarez's record in the Prim was also really good, but he left for Barcelona, and now he's in an arguably less competitive league, and um, Aguero, every single season he's been in the Prim, He's had twenty plus goals, except for one where he had seventeen, which is still really good. So, I don't know. He's proven himself, although not on um, an international scale or uh, in the Champions League. He is very capable in the Prem, which I think is the best. I mean, all of us think is the best yeah. league in the world. That's why I, mean, I picked him over um, Suarez. Yeah. Also, like. Suarez hasn't done a whole lot with Uruguay on the national team level. Aguero's done even less with Argentina. So, And yeah. it's worth pointing out that you could argue well, that that no. Uruguay team is worse than the Argentina team, and Suarez has a better goal-scoring record for Uruguay than Aguero does for Argentina. That's so. also because Aguero doesn't get played that much in the Argentina team. Yeah, but I'm looking purely at ratios. It's close, but Suarez has a better one. Um yeah, I mean, okay, I guess Argentina did get to the World Cup final, so that's more than yeah, Uruguay dude. did. But in the latter half of the decade, I think Uruguay have probably surpassed them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but also like Aguero doesn't play in the World in the Argentina team anymore. Right. He gets selected, but he never actually gets a chance to play. That's yeah, that's true. So he just gets subbed on ninety percent of the time. So it's that. You can't really judge. It's hard to judge all his international goal scoring record when he pretty much gets at least for the last two years has only been like a sub for them. Yeah, it's definitely a tough choice. And I, I when I was narrowing it down between Aguero and Suarez, so mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely interesting to note. Um, lots of South Americans in this team. Uh, yeah, all. Other, also interesting to note, all players are from Europe and South America. There hasn't really been a player who's thrown themselves into contention from outside of those two continents. I guess no. Yaya Torre maybe is the closest thing. Uh, Drogba maybe. Drogba. His yeah, would his would have been the previous 2000s. decade. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that might be it as far as... I don't know. I mean, that's just always something interesting that I look at. Uh, this definitely shows the dominance of La Liga over the past uh, decade, obviously. I think we may see that change, though. I think, uh, honestly, I think this next decade could be one for the English teams. I think we could see a period of English dominance. Obviously, Liverpool and City currently are huge. Um, Spurs are on the up-and-up. Give it a few years, I think Arsenal will be back on the up-and-up. United and Chelsea, I'm not so sure. But we'll have to see. I suppose. So, moving on from that, that was definitely an interesting segment to discuss. Let us know in the comments if you have any uh, disputes or objections or if you have any players that we perhaps you think left out unjustly. But we're going to move on to the quiz. And this week it is a Premier League quiz yet again. And uh, this is it. There were 12 players this past season, so 18-19, who played every single minute of the Premier League season. Uh, each of them played for a different club. So 12 and clubs one. are yeah. represented here. Can you name them? And I will give you the breakdown quickly. Nine of them are goalkeepers, two defenders, and one midfielder. Doherty. Doherty was not, actually. One of, the, one of Wolves players. It is, there is a Wolves player. Milivojevic, yes. Dang it, Josh. <laughs> um... 
There is, is a Wolves player. Patricio? It is not Rui Patricio. So it's a defender. It is, a, yeah, a defender. Center back. Captain. Oh, crap. Who's your captain? Ah, oh, come on. This was the quiz from two weeks ago. I know. I think Ethan got this one. Is it Cody? Connor Cody. Played every minute, did Connor Cody. Uh, captain. Uh, no. There's that one, like, 35-year-old right back for what? For, oh, my God. Josh, you were right saying Casper Schmeichel. Yeah, I, was, I didn't want to cut off for Zabaleta. Uh, oh, Zabaleta, no, mate. I don't even Zabaleta. think he plays for West Ham anymore. No, no. It was for, like, Brighton or something. Or oh, maybe Bruno? No, Bruno's gone. He retired. Uh, Matthew Ryan? Matthew, no, not Matthew Ryan, because he, uh, he was out with Asian, Asian Cup duty at one oh. point. Uh... There is not a Brighton player on this list. Reese, there are no right backs on this list either. Might have been a left back then. The only defender left is a another center back. Ooh. Uh, although maybe he de- deputized at left back a few times, but he's not old. Um, I could have sworn there was a really old dude who played every minute, but maybe I'm making it up. So, as far as goalkeepers, I will say three of the goalkeepers on this list are from top six clubs. Uh, so... Keppa? No, not Keppa. De Gea. De Gea, yes. Um, Ederson? Ederson, yeah. yes. Allison. Allison, yes. Um, Pickford? Yes, Pickford. Good shout. How many do we have left? Uh, you've got one, two, three, four, five left. So four goalies and a defender? Yes. Uh, let's see if I can start giving you some prodding. Foster? Uh, yes, Foster. That's a great shout, you know. Did you say uh, Rui Patricio? Yeah, he mentioned that earlier. It was not Rui Patricio. It remembers the Wolves captain. Yeah, that was Cody. Uh, only one player per club also. I, I forgot to mention that. Oh, okay. Uh, for Foster? No, because uh, remember Angus Gunn began to play. And uh, the, McCarthy. And, and Alex McCarthy, yeah. Uh, um, one of these goalkeepers... Did get relegated. He was uh, quite renowned for saving penalties. Etheridge. Etheridge, yes. One of these quite surprised me, actually. Um, he is a Polish goalkeeper who at one time played for Arsenal. Fabianski. Yeah, Fabianski. I thought about saying that, but I was like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you've got two left. One is an English center back. And one, I believe, is Czech and is a goalkeeper. Not better Czech, don't you worry. Um, Another Czech goalkeeper? I believe he's Czech. I'm maybe Slovakian. Uh, Slovakian, my bad. Um, Dubrovka? Is du- he Slovakian? Yeah, it is Dubrovka. Yeah, great check. Hey. Nice. Very good goalkeeper, by the way. Underrated, I feel. Although this season yeah. will probably struggle as Newcastle are looking dire. Uh, do not so say anything s- about Eric looking dire. <laughs> <laughs> so a center back and a goalie. No, no, no just, just, just a center, center back, back left. And he's English. He's English. Think of a club who has a lot of English players. Uh oh, for to- uh not for Tongan. I'm for a dummy. Tongan. I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. There are no Spurs players for the record. I just y'all came to mind when you said England, and I was like, ah, center back, got him. <laughs> I guess what Eric teams died. haven't we said? So you haven't said Spurs, you haven't said Arsenal, you haven't said Burnley, you haven't said Bournemouth, you haven't said. Well, I told you there wasn't one for Brighton. Uh, you haven't said Fulham, haven't said Huddersfield. Um, well, obviously it has to be one of those because it's I would, not Arsenal. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's it's not Arsenal. Not Spurs. Nope. Is it Ben Mee? It is Ben Mee. It is Ben Mee. That is a good nice. shout from Burnley. Yeah. I was thinking either Tarkovsky or Ben Mee. Cause yeah, either would have been worthy. I think Tarkovsky had an injury this season, didn't he? I think point? you're right, yeah. yeah. So I was a bit surprised. The one that surprised me most, I think, was Fabianski. He, mm-hmm. I really figured that uh, like Adrienne would have played at some stage this season, but I suppose not. Um, I do rate Lukas Fabianski. So. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, he had a good season at West Ham. So... Uh, I guess this is going to be a terrible segue, but Ukash Fabianski used to play for Arsenal, and now we're going to move on to our in-depth <laughs> look at Arsenal. Hey, how's that for a transition? Terrible. Um, but it'll have to do. So, Reese, 
I guess just kind of intro us on your expectations and how you're feeling this season. I know your mood recently turned uh, or took a turn for the better. Yeah. So I'm glad. So when we were thinking of doing these segments, I had I'd requested that Arsenal be later instead of we go in the slap order because I was hoping we would do some business. And I'm glad I requested that because recently my whole outlook on the next season is pretty drastically changed. I was, I mean, I was excited, but I was look, I was expecting fifth, maybe sixth. But um, obviously, recently it's come out. Um, Pepe is pretty much an Arsenal player. I don't want to say anything yet. Obviously, things can change, but yeah, it's uh, tough supposedly, to know. But uh, supposedly, he's signing on Wednesday, so. Um, Tierney's close to being done. And I think those two players added, we're also looking at a center back. Emery has like come out and said, we're looking at a center back as well, which we've been linked to um, Rugani on loan. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. If, I think with Tierney and Pepe, I think we have a decent chance at fourth. I think with a, with a center back, I think we have a good chance at fourth. Um, I don't want to say third, but you never know. Maybe I doubt it, but... Um, yeah, I'm definitely a lot more excited. We have a lot of young players too that have been looking good. Also, been impressed with. Um, I mean, Rob Holding will be back. Um, Callum Chambers has looked good in preseason, and moving from like center mid to center back, um, he can now he's kind of like a ball playing center back now. So, I don't know. I'm definitely way more excited than I was. I'm interested to see to hear what you all have to say. Uh, I'll let someone else go first. Uh, I think y'all have a really important year this year because I think y'all need to. I don't know. It's just it's kind of a weird transition year. Where like last year was like we still have the hope for making the Champions League, and then this year was kind of like the we have to. Yeah, and this year I I don't know. I think the transfer business has been interesting. It's, it hasn't been bad. I think it could have been better. Like I, I don't know with if, the the money. I mean, obviously, I think we have more than forty five million, but uh, I don't think we have that much money to spend. And I think we've done pretty well for ourselves with that in mind. And I feel like the Zaha thing wasn't entirely true. Like oh, wherever no. that came from, it was like that kind of like. Well, so what I've heard is that we put in a bid for Zaha intentionally low so that players would think we didn't have enough money and they wanted to get the Pepe done in secret because we didn't want competition with the deal, which we already had with Napoli. Yeah, it, w- it was an interesting strategy, something which I actually sort of think might be happening with the, the Dybala deal, but we won't go into that. Uh, as far as... I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, like you, before the talks of signing Pepe, I think it was looking particularly down. Um, and to be honest, I I think the failure to so far bring in a center back is the only thing that's holding me back from decidedly... I, that's holding me back from decidedly saying you're going <laughs> you're gonna to be firmly in with a chance of top four this season. Now, granted, there's still time in the transfer window, and there are links to Rugani, uh, among others, I believe. But I do, I mean, I think Pepe is an astute signing. Obviously, there's that stereotype that um, French wingers tend to not do very well in the Premier League, but the last player that came from Lille that was a speedy French, well, not actually French, but French-speaking and French league winger that is very comparable. No, actually, that is very comparable was Eden Hazard. Oh. Came from Lille. The last one to come the last one to come to Arsenal was Jervinho. Oh, well, I was <laughs> I was saying to the Premier League generally from Lille. Uh, and their stats actually are eerily similar. I don't know if uh, if you've seen the graphic. I think Bleacher Report had a graphic that like showed their stats as they were leaving Lille and they are very eerily similar. So that definitely gives me some pause as a Spurs fan. Um yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that is missing from this equation is a center back. Because no, yeah, obviously, I, I agree. Saliba, 
was a signing and will be a good center back in years to come. But for now, obviously, he can't be the answer. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if, if a center back signing gets over the line, I will confidently have you in fourth. If it doesn't, I will still be straddling the line, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. If we get a center back, I think top four for sure. But without one, I still think maybe fourth. It it really it all depends on – it's a ton of pressure on Rob Holding. I know Josh said it uh, cynically, but like if we didn't sign a center back, he would have to perform. And if he didn't, then um, – and it's tough with the injury, but – um. Yeah, if if he didn't perform, it would be down to outscoring our opponents, right? Instead of trying which, not to concede. Yeah, which kind of is what y'all did last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so it is worth noting, I suppose, that uh, players ACL injuries are generally the hardest to like come back into stride from. So that could be a bit of a hiccup if holding ends up having like a difficult recovery period at the beginning of the season, which obviously yeah. I, I hope that he doesn't just for his own sake and for, cause you never like to see players get injured. I mean, you want to see them kick on for their careers. Um, so I hope for his sake that he doesn't, but it is a possibility. I mean, there have been numerous players in the past few seasons that have essentially had their time in the Premier League ended by ACL injuries. So, um, and I suppose Bellerin also has to come back from one of mm-hmm. those. So, like Josh said, really, I think this is an important season, but it's one that's not out of reach, um, as many, including myself, would have suggested a mere two weeks ago. It's not out of reach, but it's definitely more competitive than it's ever been before. You know, I think Chelsea dropping away, I think Chelsea will drop away. Uh, so I think that uh, well, I'm be also a talking about like huge benefit. Uh, Leicester and Wolves. Wolves and West Ham and all that. I was, I was going to talk about Wolves and Everton. And, yeah, that's, like, slowly moving up. Like, that gap slowly becoming smaller and smaller. At least seeming to become smaller and smaller. I haven't been completely wrong. It might be, like, a 15, 20-point gap like it is every other year. Mm-hmm. But I, the competition between, like, fourth and, like, eighth and ninth seems to be a whole lot better this year than it was. It seems like it's going to be a whole lot better than ever has been. Or at least not ever, but, like, last, right. like, Five, six years. It did end up only being nine points at the end of the season last year. It was only yeah, nine points is, from United to Wolves. So. Which is huge, especially, yeah. Which is exciting, but hopefully. We'll have to see. Uh, I think, so my honest opinion, I think there are a few groups of clubs here to look at. So I think, for me, obviously this is coming from a biased place, but I think top three is fairly nailed on. Um, yeah, I feel like it's Tottenham are kind of their own thing. It's like Man City and Liverpool, and then Tottenham are kind of just yeah, chilling so out at third. When I say top at least three, for like this year. When I say top three, I mean those teams will finish one, two, and three, and Spurs will be three. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when I when I said we might have a chance at third when if we sign a center back, that's a very, very strong might, but. Just because there's such a huge gap between three and four right now, mm-hmm. then or I at think least seemingly a huge gap. But Arsenal United probably are four and five. I'm not sure which order. Obviously, like I say, it'll be dependent on business for both clubs. Really, um, I think the one advantage perhaps that United does have is that they they identified what was their weakest area and went out and spent big on it. Obviously, not that Arsenal had the ability necessarily to do that. Um, but I think that is something that's advantageous to United's perspective. Uh, and then I think I think there's that next group of teams, and I'm going to lump Chelsea in to that group, I think. I think Chelsea, Wolves, Leicester, Everton, West Ham, that's sort of the next group that will round out the top ten, if you ask me. Um, I'm curious, Josh. So let's let's do a little bit of a thought experiment here. Where, Josh, do you see Leicester stacking up so I suppose against this Arsenal team. I mean, like head to head or like in the league. In the uh, I sp- yeah in the league because head to head's difficult to know. Take try take your lesser hat off if possible. Look at it from an objective perspective. That was surprisingly like really pleasing to say. Objective perspective. <laughs> um, I would I think 
we're, we won't finish above them, but I think it's close. Like maybe a nine point gap mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah, we de- there's no way we'd finish above them this year. Yeah, I, I like, agree. We like will we're getting better, but we're not. Arsenal kind of have that like legacy going on. It seems like I was trying to make you mad, Reese, but it seems like Arsenal are, like kind of deteriorating a little bit. Especially, yeah, like, we're we're deteriorating, but somehow. The legacy that Arsene Wenger left is able to attract big players still, which is the only thing keeping us alive. Yeah, there's like kind of that legacy, the old, the old style of the club that's keeping y'all alive. And it's that if they can continue that and transition it to an Unai Emery legacy, y'all will be fine. But it's that can you make it that is the big question mark. It is. So like... We won't finish above them this year, but maybe in a few years, depending on how, what players Leicester keep, and what right. how the players develop, and what how, what players Arsenal can bring in, and how the ones they already have developed. I think the lesson to take from this season for several clubs is how important that top five or top five top four is, because Champions League yeah. really is make or break for some clubs at this stage, including Spurs, to be honest. Uh, because if we don't, if we didn't have Champions League, we wouldn't have too much to offer other than a shiny new stadium. Uh, which, you know, take it or leave it, I suppose. Uh, I'm interested to hear from Ethan. We haven't heard. Yeah, from Ethan. Him. Um, I definitely think y'all have done well with what the opposed transfer budget was, and um, I know y'all really focused on installments, and I think that's actually worked out in y'all's favor because. Palace weren't obviously interested in that because we want our money for Zaha right away. So I definitely think landing, if y'all do get Pepe, which I think it's probably going to happen, but I think that's great business. And then just adding in those players like Ceballos and uh, Saliba for the future is pretty well as well. And then um, I think y'all will, if y'all do sign a center back on loan, I definitely think y'all will make top four like Gage said, but I think y'all do all right. Interesting little tangent about Zaha real quick. Apparently Everton have had their first bid rejected. Yeah, out yeah, of nowhere. I, think, I don't think Everton will get him because they're very I heard saw a quote that said that the board was very questioning like questionable about this offer because they don't know if they want to pull through with getting Zaha. So. Well the other thing is Zaha said that he wants if he's gonna leave, he wants to play in the Champions League. So why would what appeals yeah. him about Everton that he doesn't already have at Palace? Yeah, yeah, the only reason he was considering Arsenal was because it was like um, the club he supported when he was little, and it well, was and the fact the fact that he wanted to stay in London. He wants to stay in London because his yeah. family is there. Yeah, I think the only team that he would consider that doesn't have Champions League is Arsenal, and obviously that's not happening anymore. Yeah, it's good that y'all are getting Pepe though. I'm pretty excited for y'all for that. Another thing, I think, another advantage perhaps that Arsenal has over United and Chelsea specifically is a manager who actually has tactical nous. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know that Solskjaer and Lampard do. They sort I of mean, just have the boys club nous, which, yeah, go ahead. John. We also, we don't really know what Lampard can do because he was at Derby. I'll be interested they, just, they just barely beat Reading 4-3. And they lost to... Uh, Kawasaki I mean, Frontale as well. I know, yeah, it, it is preseason. It is, but it's, but it's, it's also Reading. Yeah. I mean, But yeah, again, preseason, still pre-season, pre-season is so difficult to look into because didn't Arsenal, uh, I don't know if this actually happened or not. I heard that, the, didn't Arsenal lose to a non-league side or something? This year? Yeah, Borum Wood. Uh, Borum Wood. I heard this somewhere and I don't know if I believe it, but. May 7th. Oh, never mind. This was Arsenal Academy. Yeah. I was like, I think that happened, but I think it was the boys. Arsenal Academy, yeah. Borumwood. Uh, yeah, but it's also pre Oh, 3-3. Preseason, like, slowly, like, getting to where you need to be. Like, Palace struggled a little bit in their first couple games, and now they're – and Saturday they played really well. Who'd they play again? Uh, they played Bristol City. Yeah, but they, like, dominated them. And, like, yeah. they slowly worked back up to where they were. So it's like it's preseason. It's it's not like the make or break on the season. Yeah, it's what we have to judge. But like, 
just I feel like with Lampard, you have to wait till the Premier League starts because it's his first Premier League managerial position. He shouldn't really have it, but it, we just have to wait to see what he can do with it. It, it is. I mean, I'm not sure. The thing that confuses me, I suppose, is what qualifications does Frank Lampard have that warrant I mean, him having the Chelsea job? Because he played for Chelsea. Yeah, but like he came into an already strong Derby side, and arguably underperformed with them because they finished what sixth, and got to the playoff final. Obviously, they lost, but I mean that Derby side could easily have challenged for promotion, especially with the likes of Sheffield United getting promoted. They aren't yeah, the strongest but I mean, team. But also, like, the championship is a little crazy. It is, for it's sure. A, it's, like, probably one of the most competitive, like, not, like, quality-wise, but just, like, in general, one of the most competitive. As, the, as far as the, the closeness of the teams. Yeah. I actually agree with that wholeheartedly because, like, I remember when Stoke and Hull and West Brom were all up in the prim, and now I forgot, I forgot that they existed because they've been just stuck in the championship. Languishing, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, it's definitely, ah, I'm throwing my pin around. It's definitely <laughs> going to be a, a season, I think, to make, not, well, I guess it is kind of make or break. Um, but yeah, it's going to be one to watch, especially from a neutral perspective. Yeah. Anyway, finishing, my finishing thoughts on Arsenal. I, the only thing I will say is that, I am personally happy that I have now become excited for the season. So, yeah, that's good. It is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it does suck to have to like come into a season and be like, Ugh. I mean, what's even the point of this season? That's sort of how I felt last season after we had no signings and the stadium was like, delayed and all that. I was sort of like, well, I mean, what's even the point? Obviously, I'm I'm starting to get that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Palace are clear of the relegation zone, but. Uh, we'll talk about that next week, so tune in for that uh, if you want. Now, moving on to the Wiki Files, and this will be our last segment of the show. I know we said it'd be a shorter show. I think we're still going to be over an hour, maybe. Um, I mean, recently, we've been over, we've been over two hours. Yeah, so. this is true. So, all right, moving on, sending the Wiki File now, and Reese, why don't you read this one? Is that Gazel? Gas? Gazel? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Starts at Gazel El Mahala. Um, was there 04 06, then 06 to 2011? Was that. What even team is that? ENPPI. Is that. <laughs> but like, what does this stand for? PP. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me look. Um, you heard it here. He played for PP. It stands for Engineering for the Petroleum and Process Industries Sporting Club. That is the most Middle Eastern thing I've ever heard yeah, in my life. I was I was just thinking there's Gazal and Mahala and then Petroleum, whatever. So <laughs> Yeah. So interesting um, that it's in English though. Strange. Yeah. Been a long time. Uh, twenty ten to twenty eleven was on loan at Sunderland, then made it permanent. Um then while at Sunderland was on loan at Hull. Then made that permanent. No, yes. Yeah, he was he on loan twice and then made it on permanent. On loan twice and then made it permanent. And now he's at Aston Villa. Yeah, so just coming back to the Prem. Uh, his time in the Prem that we would remember was at Hull, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, Josh, I know I heard your excited little ooh. Is it El, um, El Mojave? Ah, uh, yeah, it is El Mohammedy. Quick, yeah, quick draw. Dang it. Nice. It's because when I looked at the uh, AFCON squads, it oh, popped you... up because he's the captain. Oh, is he? Yeah, when I was looking at it earlier, because right, when I misspoke or, earlier when I thought he was in the squad, is because I was looking for the English flag when it, by his club and not the Turkish flag. Oh, so I was like, yeah, oh yeah. he's not on it. And then I, it just happened to be captain next to the Aston Villa, and then yeah, yeah. So he will be back in the prem next season. Uh, as far as I know, he's still their starting right back. I don't think they actually amongst their 157 million. I don't think they've signed a right back. So. I think he is still there starting. So he is a particularly good crosser of the ball. That's his only notable trait, I think. Um, so yeah, 
there's another player to watch for you. If anyone cares, his international stats, uh, not particularly impressive. 91 caps for Egypt, five goals. About what you'd expect from a fullback. So, And is the captain. And is the captain, as we now know. So, Well, that is it for the show. Uh, hopefully we got under an hour. I don't think we did. I had to split the recording, so I can't actually tell at this moment. But uh, <clears throat> I almost said in any case. <laughs> but moving on to our outro, because I'm not going to say in any case on purpose without referencing it. Uh, does anyone else have anything else uh, to discuss? Hopefully next episode we can announce, we can talk about the completed transfer of Pepe. And hopefully Spurs have not gone another week without doing business because I am a little bit started starting to get worried now that we're not going to make any other signings, which I think would not be a good thing. But in any case... Damn. Um, I might clip that out. <laughs> uh, no, so yeah. Next week, I think for Premier League football. Next week is now. our predictions pod. Woo. So we are ready, and then the week after that is the Premier League. So we're almost there, lads. We've almost gonna, made it. I might be on a plane during the Arsenal game. I'm so worried. Because we're not revving. We're not revving. So I, I don't even know what time we're flying. He's stressing about it, so we may have to cover your own match for you, but that'll be all right. Uh, so I'm excited. We're getting close. We're getting close. So, all right. I think that's all we have for tonight. So thank you for tuning in, and it's a goodbye from us. <laughs>